We thank you for your presence here today. The wonderful, wonderful presence of God. And as we approach your word now, we just trust that it will, and we know that it will be a blessing to all those that will hear it, receive it, believe it, consistently act upon it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Let's open our Bibles to Job, the first chapter. Job, J-O-B, Job. If you didn't know better, you'd look at that and think it was Job. But it's Job, the first chapter. Job was greatly blessed by God. Greatly blessed by God. And then in the process of time, Job lost all of those blessings. And notice in Job chapter 1 verse 21, Job says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. I never noticed that before, but I don't think he's going to return back there, is he? To his mother's womb? Huh? You need to realize when you study the Bible, it's true that Job said this, but what he said isn't necessarily true. Did you hear what I just said? There are statements that men make in the Bible... And the Bible records their statement. And it's true that they made that statement, but what they said isn't necessarily true. Did you get what I just said? Now, did I just tell you the Bible's not true? I just told you the Bible is true. Amen. Didn't I just tell you that? I just told you the Bible's true. You need to realize that the Bible records statements that men make and what the statement they make it's true that they made that statement but what they made the statement they made isn't always necessarily true now when God says something it's true amen and there's a lot of things men say and and said under the anointing of the spirit of God and those things are true not only that they said them but what they said are true because they made that statement under the anointing of God but there's some statements that men make in the Bible that they didn't make it under the anointing of God it was just a statement they made he said naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there he's not going back in his mother's womb is he no Now let's move on to what I really wanted to get to. Then he says this, The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How many of you know the Lord gave Job many, many, many blessings, didn't he? He gave him many blessings. But then just... In a short period of time, Job lost those blessings. Now Job said, the Lord gave. And then Job went on and said, the Lord has taken away. I want to title this message this morning, Give and Take. Give and Take. 
give and take. Job's statement here implies that the Lord gives blessings and then the Lord takes those blessings away. That's what that statement implies, that the Lord gives blessings and then the Lord takes those blessings away. And let's just go into the Word of God here and see if what Job said is true. Let's first look at what God gives. Let's just look at some of the things that God gives. Now, we can't possibly look at all of them. It would take us weeks to do it. But just some of the main scriptures here that, that I could find on what God gives. Look at Psalm 84.11. And you can hold your place in Job. We'll come back there at the end of the message. But notice here in Psalm 84.11, let's look at some of the things that God gives, gives us. Let's just look at some of the things he gives us. Psalms 84.11. Psalms 84.11. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord, what's those next two words? The Lord, what? Will, will what? Will give. The Lord will give. So now it's going to tell us, the Bible's going to tell us what he'll give. He'll give grace and glory. That's a good thing, isn't it? He will give grace and glory. Grace, God's unmerited favor. He will give grace and glory. And then the Bible says, No good thing will he withhold from those who what? Who what? Who do what? Who walk uprightly. You're going to have to walk right before God. The blessings, he's not going to just just dump blessings on you if you're living in sin. you understand that? But if you'll walk uprightly, the Bible says he'll give you grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from you. So God gives some good things. Look at Matthew 7, verse 11. Matthew 7, verse 11. Matthew 7, verse 11. Notice what Jesus says here in Matthew 7, verse 11. If you then, being evil, actually, if you then being being human, being you know, just a human being is what he's actually making reference there. If you then being evil, you then being human or evil, however you want to look at it, 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 know how to give good gifts to your children. Let's think about that for a minute. You, have you seen uh, uh, men who were, they were ungodly men, they didn't serve God, but they still loved their children and they gave their children some good stuff. Is that right? Notice this then, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father who is in heaven, what's that next word? Give good things to those who ask Him. So God gives good things, but you have to ask. Look at Luke 10.19. Look at Luke 10.19. Look at Luke 10:19. Looking at some things that God gives us. Jesus says, "Behold, now he's talking to his disciples who are a representative group of you and me. He says, "I I what? I give you. I give you. I give. Notice that I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. That's, that's a good gift, isn't it? Do you remember last week we used the authority that God gave us? And I noticed those horrible storms, they didn't, they didn't make it through here, did they? Amen. 
be sure to remember things like that and thank God for it. Amen? Well, it was just a coincidence. Boy, there's been a whole lot of coincidences where they've had bullseyes on St. Louis where they're gonna, storms are going to blow us up, and they, they haven't. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? They haven't come nigh my, my house. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Or anything I have authority over. Why? Because Jesus has given us authority. That's a good thing, isn't it? And we need to be grateful for that. What does God give? Well, we've already seen He gives grace. He gives glory. He gives good things. He gives us authority over the devil and his cohorts. Isn't that wonderful? Look at John 3.16. We're just looking at some of the things that God gives. John 3.16. John 3.16. I, I, I would imagine you all know where we're going with this one. John 3.16. Has anybody ever heard of John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he what? He, he gave. Oh, he's a giver. God is the biggest giver you'll ever, ever find. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the greatest gift of all, isn't it? Jesus, he's the greatest gift of all. God gave. We're talking about give and take. Give and take. So right now we're looking at the first part, give. What does he give us? He's given us his only begotten son. It doesn't get any better than that. Then Ephesians 1 and 3. Ephesians 1 and 3. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with, who has blessed us with, actually we could read it like this, who has given us, who has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now that's good right there. It just, it just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? If you can't get better than being given Jesus, but this is pretty good, isn't it? has given us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. I've always found it amusing. Christians are always trying to get God to bless them. And we need to realize he's already blessed us. We just need to find out what those blessings are and then learn how to appropriate them and walk walk in the fullness of them. You see? But what has he given? He's given us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. That, that's something. Second Thessalonians 2.16. 2 Thessalonians 2.16 in the NIV. 2 Thessalonians 2.16 in the NIV. They'll have it on the screen there. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us, and by his grace, what are those next two words? By his grace, what? Gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. Isn't that something? I need to be encouraged, Pastor. Well, God's given you eternal encouragement. Well, where do I find that, Pastor? Right here in the Bible. 
gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. Don't ever tell me you don't have any hope because the Bible says you do. Where did you get it? God gave it to you. Has anybody ever felt hopeless in a situation besides me? Just feel hopeless? Just hopeless? Just, I see, I see no way out. I just hopeless, hopeless, hopeless. Well, there's good news. God has given us good hope. There's hope. Amen? I've come to encourage you today. God's a giver. He's given you eternal encouragement and good hope. Glory to God. Y'all look so happy and excited. What if I gave somebody $100,000 in here right now? Would that cheer you up? Well, you got something better than that. You got the Son of God's been given to you. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Eternal encouragement and good hope. That's pretty good, isn't it? Let's say, show me the money, Pastor. <laughs> hey, I've shown you something better than money. Amen? Really, it is. Because money one day is going to all be burned up anyway, isn't it? But we're talking about eternal encouragement and good hope. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, he's a giver. He's a giver. 1 Timothy 6.17. 1 Timothy 6.17. Boy, I tell you, I like this one. I like them all, but this uh, Look at this. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor trust in uncertain riches. You know, we were just talking about $100,000, weren't we? How many of you know that can come and that can go? Is that right? Command those who are rich in this present age. This is New King James Version now. Command those who are rich in, in, in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. That's one thing that happens to people that have a lot. It's real easy for them to start trusting in that money instead of in the living God. The money could be gone tomorrow, but the living God will still be living. Amen? Nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who... Who, who, what are those next two words? Who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Isn't that good? God wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy life. And he gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things richly to Enjoy. He's a giver. Realize, say, God is a giver. giver. One more time, God is a giver. giver. Yeah, he's a giver. He he really, really is. That is his nature. That's what he does. He is a giver. Notice here, Second Timothy. Second Timothy, uh, chapter one, verse seven. I hope it's okay that I just brought the Word of God for you today. I don't have any funny stories or jokes. Amen. How many of you know in the midnight hour, the funny story and the joke won't get you through, but the Word of God will? Is that right? 
Notice this, 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God, now here we have, for God has not given, hmm, so I wonder if it's going to say he has not given us blessings. Well, that would contradict something he said earlier, so we know it's not going to say that because God doesn't contradict himself, does he? Let's see what he has not given us. He has not given us a spirit of fear. Isn't that wonderful? He has not given us a spirit of fear. He has not given us a spirit of fear. I tell you what, there is a spirit of fear. And I tell you what, it can get a hold of you and it can, the Bible says fear has torment. And it can torment you and torment you and torment you and drive you crazy. How many of you, you've ever had the spirit of fear come after you and and, and try to torment you and drive you crazy besides me. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we know there's another scripture that says perfect love. Well, God's perfect love in his, in his word does what? Cast out fear. Is that wonderful? So he's not given us a spirit of fear. That's good news. But now we're going to read some things that he has given us. He, has give, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us what? Power. Real loud say power. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Power. He's given us power. He's given us love and what? A sound mind. That's something good, isn't it? That's something really good. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us what? Power. He's given us love. He's given us a sound mind. God is a giver. Now look at 1 Peter chapter 1. And and they're going to put this on the screen in the Message Bible. 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1 verse 3. 1 Peter 1 verse 3. Just looking at some things God has given us. The Lord has given. Let's see what he's given. We've been looking at that. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, what a God to have. I like the way it says that. What a God we have. What a God we have. Boy, I tell you what, we could just stop there and talk for about 16 months, couldn't we? What a God we have. He's good, isn't he? I mean, he's good. What a God we have. I want to encourage you, always stay excited about God. Always stay excited about God. He's excited about you. You stay excited about Him. What a God we have. What a God. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know my problems. Uh, What a God we have. Yeah, Pastor, but you don't know how hard it's been. What a God we have. Yeah, but Pastor, you just don't know what I'm going through. What a God we have. No matter what you're going through, what a God we have. I tell you what, if you leave here today and you, you, if you came into Mully Grubbies and you leave into Mully Grubbies, it is your own fault. You know, there comes a time where we just need to, you know, remember when, 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 you remember when Paul was gathering sticks and the, and the serpent bit him? How many, how many of you remember what he did? He shook it off in the fire and he went right on. Is that right? 
There comes a time in life where we just, I mean, we all go through stuff, stuff happens, and we all go through those mully grubbies. And I tell you what, if you don't just get to the point where you say, you know what, I've had enough of this, and just shake off the mully grubbies and say, what a God I have, I'm going to serve him, bless God. And just, I tell you what, just shake off the mully grubbies like Paul shook off the serpent, shake it off, and and just decide what a God I've got, and I'm going to be happy. Amen? Praise God. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to me. What a God. Real out say, what a God we have. One more time. What a God we have. Oh, what a God we have. It's a big God. Amen. He's bigger than your problems. Glory to that God. What a God we have. Oh, shake it off. Amen. Stop being miserable. What a God we have. Oh, yeah. I remember one time I was teaching school. And I had taught for, it was at Merrimack College. And I had taught for several weeks. And there was this one lady that sat in the front desk on the front row. And her face was, I mean, just... And I told, because I had some humdinger stories and some, some things, you know. And how many has ever heard some of my humdinger stories? And I mean, I've got some humdingers, you know. And I would just tell those humdingers and I'd kind of look over there at her and she'd just... Old prune face, you know. And so I told a humdinger one day and... I mean, it was a humdinger in the class, just just having laughing, having fun, and, and and we taught. I taught math, but you can teach math and have fun too. Amen. Now you can have the word of God and have fun too. <laughs> and I told one of my humdingers, and I looked over at her, and she gave me an a special, a special, you know, prune face look. So I went over there and I said, "Madam, I said if it's the last thing I do this semester." I'm going to make you laugh. And she looked at me and she said, I didn't know laughing was a requirement of the course. You old bat. No, no. (laughs) I thought it. I didn't say it, but I thought it. You know, some people are just going to be miserable, aren't they? I said some people are just going to be miserable. You know, some people aren't happy unless they're miserable. Did you hear me? Some people aren't happy unless they got a whole bunch of problems. Some people aren't happy unless they got a bunch of things to complain about. Well, I tell you what, I'm sh- I sh- I shake off the mully grubbies real loud. Oh, it says give and take. That's fine. Real loud, say, what a God we have. Yeah, he gives us good things, doesn't he? Blesses us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let me see if I can finish this verse. What a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him. It's not, I mean, how many is glad we got God? This father of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead. Almost sounds like an Easter message here today. But I preach the resurrection of Jesus, not just on Easter Sunday, but all year long. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. We've been, we've been, what's that next word? We've been what? We've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for. Now, how much better can it get than that? Well, Pastor, I just don't have anything to live for. Well, now somebody's lying here. It's either God or it's you. 
And the last time I checked the Bible, the Bible says God's not a man that he should lie. So somebody's lying, either God or you. I think it's you. Why don't you line up with God, amen? And just instead of saying, I don't have anything to live for, hey, what a God we have. We're fortunate to have him. He's given me a brand new life. And I have everything to live for, amen? Praise God. Now, we could have just read that one passage there, and that would have been enough to bless us and run on for a whole week or longer. Amen? But there's more. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. We're talking about give and take. Pastor, you haven't gotten any take scriptures yet. All these give scriptures. (laughs) Well, God's a giver, isn't he? I said God's a giver, isn't he? (laughs) There's a lot of give. Give, give, give. God's He's a giver. 2 Peter 1 verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Now this is back to the New King James. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has what? Has given to us. Has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So the Bible says that God has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Isn't this good? Verse 4, by which, we ha- by which we have been, by which have been, let me get this right here, by which have been given to us, notice what else he's given us, exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's given us exceedingly great and precious promises. All things, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us exceedingly great and precious promises. <laughs> it, I mean, it just... Uh, so, so give, give, give. He's a giver. Now let's look at a few things. About, uh, take. What he takes away. Job said, the Lord has given. And the Lord has taken away. Well, let's see what God takes. Now before I read a few things from the word of God to show you what he takes from us. Because God does take some things from us. Oh yeah, he does. I said, God will give you things, and yes, God does take things away. Yes, he, oh sure he does. God takes things. Yeah, oh yeah, he does. How many of you know God is a giver, but he's also a taker? He's also a taker. He'll take some things from you. Oh yeah, he will. I said he will. He'll take some things from you. Yeah, he's a giver, but he'll take, yeah, he's a taker too. He'll take some things from you. I said, God will take some things from you. How many of you know he'll take some things? He's a giver and he's a taker. He takes some things from you. But I want to challenge you right now to go into the Bible and anything that we just read over the last several 
10, 15 minutes, anything that we've just read that God has given us, I want to challenge you to find where he ever takes any of those things away from us. Did you hear what I just said? I want to challenge you to find where he ever takes any of those blessings we read about. I want to challenge you to find in Scripture where he ever takes those blessings away. But yet he does take some things. He is a taker. He's just as big a taker as he is a giver. But let's see what he takes. Let's see what does God take. 1 John 3, 5. Let's see what he takes. Let's see what he takes. 1 John 3, 5. Are you there? If you're there, say, I'm there. All right, 1 John 3, 5. And you know that he, Jesus, was manifested to take away. To take away. To take away our what? Our sins. Glory to God. Amen. I'm so glad he's a taker. How about you? Take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. I'm so glad that God's a taker. Amen. He takes away our sins. You know the devil just hates it when God eliminates the evidence. Yeah, you do something you shouldn't do. And the devil starts squawking about it. And you, of course, repent. Ask Jesus to forgive you. And his blood goes into operation. And how many of you know the blood of the animals in the Old Testament covered sin? Something can be covered. It can be uncovered. The blood of Jesus does not just cover sin. No, no. The blood of Jesus washes it away as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. And so the devil goes up there to accuse you to God. And God says, I, and the devil will go up there and say, say, do you remember, do you remember what Laurie did? Do you remember what Laurie, you okay? You're all right? All right. Praise God. You remember, here's the devil. You remember what Laurie did? You remember what Laurie did? Now, this is the devil talking to God. You remember what Laurie did? But Laurie's already repented and asked Jesus to forgive her. And you know what God does? He says, I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah, but I know she, I know she, but I, the devil, I know she, the devil said, I don't, re- I, I, I know she did. God says, I don't remember it. He chooses to forget. Amen. And our sins and our iniquities will he remember no more. Amen? And it frustrates the devil when God doesn't remember where Laurie or Diane or me or Bill or Brandy or anybody else messed up. Amen? When we repent, ask him to forgive us, God forgives us, and he takes our sins away. Glory to God. Amen? And he eliminates the evidence with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And it frustrates the living daylights out of the devil bugs the devil it bothers the devil because he likes to accuse us and beat us up with things we've done wrong but god has taken them away you know the biggest challenge is is god forgets our iniquities when we repent and ask him to forgive did you like my little rush over there to you did it wake you up oh you were awake amen amen you just never know what i might do but you see a problem that people have, and I've had this problem, still challenging to me, is when I, how many's ever goofed up besides me? Oh, okay, just half of you? How many's ever goofed up? I mean, since you've been saved, you've goofed up, you've sinned, you messed up. You repented, and you asked God to forgive you. He took the sins, what? He took them away. Is that right? But then you still have... That mindset of, I messed up, I messed up, I messed up. How many's ever been challenged with that besides me? 
But you know there's a scripture in Hebrews that says that the blood of Jesus not only washes our sins away, but it also washes our consciousness or our conscience and cleanses our conscience. What we need to do is, is, is let the blood of Jesus not just be applied to our sins, but, but learn by faith to let that blood be applied to your conscience, to cleanse your conscience. Amen? And then God has chosen to forget your sin. Well, you choose to forget it as well. If God's not remembering it, there's no reason that you and I should remember it. Amen? Yeah, but and the devil just starts squawking and squawking. And what do you mean? How, he, he'll talk to how many of you have ever had the devil talk to you with thoughts, thoughts, those fiery darts. Just, you know what you do? You know how to get rid of the devil? You submit yourself to God. You resist the devil and he'll flee. How do you resist him? Do what Jesus did. Just start quoting him the word. Just start quoting the word to the devil. It'll frustrate him and he'll leave. Amen? I said he'll leave. I said he'll leave. I said he will leave. Why? Because God has taken away our sins. Amen. God remembers them no more. Let the blood of Jesus be applied to your conscience and let your conscience be cleansed and know that God has taken away your sins. Yes, God's a giver, but he's a taker too. He doesn't take the blessings, but he'll take away your sins and wash them away as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. And I tell you what, you get a hold of that. Let the blood of Jesus be applied to your conscience. Bless God. God forevermore, hallelujah, and then just go on right on with your life. Amen? Praise God. God doesn't remember it. I'm not going to remember it. No, but don't you remember when you goofed up there? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, but pastor, you goofed. I don't remember that. God's forgiven me. I'm going on. Amen? You know, I've met people that have been just absolutely just, I tell you what, if you don't get, the reason I'm taking time with this is because if you don't get a hold of what I'm talking about right now, you're not going to be able to go on with God. You've gone as far as you can go with God. You'll not be able to go on with him uh, if you don't get a revelation of this. Because Christians, will they'll mess up, and then, yeah, they repent and they ask God to forgive them, but they just can never get, get their conscience cleansed of that thing. Well, you need to understand that God has taken it away. He's moved it out of the way. And so you agree with God, forget the thing. God's forgot it. it doesn't, how many of you know the devil doesn't matter? On him, amen? God's forgotten it. You forget it and go right on, amen? Did you hear me? He's taken away. Say he's taken away. My sins. Say, he's taken away my sins. Say, God has eliminated the evidence. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Now, Matthew 8, 17. You know, I get excited about this. Well, my wife's glad. Matthew 8, 17. You okay? I didn't, didn't throw you off there when I came over. Are you okay? You need to hear it. Okay. All right. Amen. Matthew eight seventeen. Yeah, God's a taker. Let's see what else he takes. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself, that's Jesus, took. Real out, say took. Yeah, he took. What did he take? He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Isn't that wonderful? How many is glad God's a taker? 
Oh, yeah, he took away our sins. He's taken away our infirmities. He's taken away our diseases. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. Exodus 23, 25. Exodus 23, 25. Are you there yet? Come on, hurry up. Got to be quick with the sword. I'm teasing with you. Exodus 23, 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God. How many serving God? Well, just that the fact you're here today is a pretty good sign. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. Oh, I'm glad he blesses my bread, and I'm glad he blesses my water. I'm in one of those moods today. I just feel like throwing this on you. No, I better not... Wouldn't that be something I throw it on some lady and her makeup starts? I'm in one of them rambunctious moods today. How many of you glad he blesses our bread and our water? But you have to serve him. I forgot to pray one time over my food. And I'm sitting there and this younger person who was with me at the time just about had a, just about fell on the floor. Couldn't believe the pastor didn't pray over his food. I said, boy, don't you know the Bible? I said, now we need to pray over our food. And, and I do, especially if you've, if you've eaten some of the places I've eaten. How many of you have ever had an ugly waitress? I had a waitress the other day. I was hungry when I went in. I looked up at her and I lost my appetite. <laughs> Why did I say that? I don't know. But I pray over my food, and my wife will tell you so. But I forgot one day, and this kid sitting there with me, I'm, your pastor didn't pray for his food. <laughs> well, I said, boy, don't you know the word of God? Exodus twenty-three twenty-five says that if we'll serve God, that he'll bless our bread and water. How many of you know God's got us covered even if we forget? Amen. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? Now I recommend praying over your food, but if you forget, God's got you covered. Hallelujah! Is it wonderful? So He blesses our bread and our water. We'll serve Him, and I will what? I will take what sickness away from the midst of you. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? He'll take sickness away from the midst of us. Yeah, God's a taker. He takes away our sins. He takes away our sickness. He takes away our infirmity. He takes away our disease. Praise God forevermore. Aren't you glad that God takes away our sickness and he takes away our disease? Amen? Isn't that wonderful? I said that's wonderful, isn't it? He takes away our sickness and he takes away our disease. Yeah, but I thought God was, was, was giving sickness to people. No, he doesn't give sickness to people. He gives health to people. He takes sickness away and he gives health. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Glory to God. Amen. If you're willing, Jesus, you can make... You can make me clean. He said, I will be thou clean. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I said, isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't Jesus wonderful? Amen. Praise God. Matthew eight seventeen, son. Matthew eight seventeen. 
you get a hold of that, study that, meditate that when you get up in the morning and when you go to bed at night and you watch those allergies that have been bothering you leave you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Have you had allergies bothering you? Yes or no? Uh, then they'll leave you. Praise God. But you've got to meditate that scripture when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night. And those allergies will leave you. Glory to God. And they'll take flight. Glory to God. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Hallelujah. Praise God. And that you remember Jimmy Stewart. How many remember Jimmy Stewart? How many of you remember Jimmy Stewart? How many remember a wonderful life? Yeah, remember when he told Potter off? How many of you remember when he told Potter off? And then he went out and he looked out and he said, and that goes for you too. Remember that? Well, what we just said to him, if you're bothered with allergies, guess what? That goes for you too. Amen? Amen. Grab a hold of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. What scripture was that? Matthew what? Matthew 8, 17 said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Isaiah the prophet. He himself what? Took our infirmities and he bore our sickness. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. Well, I'm going out in the audience today. Maybe I'll stop at your seat next. You never know. No, don't get worried. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Anybody ever been here when I've walked on the chairs? I haven't walked in the chairs in a while. I don't think I'll do that today, but I haven't finished the message yet. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was what? He was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. What is that saying? That's saying that Jesus was doing all right in, in prosperity and in provision. And we weren't. We were broke, busted, disgusted. Is that right? So he who was, had a full supply, he became, the Bible says what? He became what? He became what? Poor so that we might become rich. And that just means full supply. Yeah, what does God take? He takes our lack and he gives us, he gives us provision. Amen? Amen? Is that wonderful? We're talking about give and take here today. This would be a good time to put my give and take back up there. My wife does all those screens. Can we get give and take back up there? See, now when I want it, now, oh, there it is, give and take. So what does he do? He, he takes away our lack and he gives us what? Provision. Is that wonderful? All right, now I better close this message up. So let's go to Isaiah 61, and then we'll finish in Job. Isaiah 61. Boy, I'm having fun today. Isaiah 61, 1. Actually, Jesus quoted this when he got up for to read. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. How many remembers him saying that? He's quoting Isaiah, you see. 61. Because the Lord, he's talking about his Father, has anointed me. We know he anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. He anointed me to preach good things to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prison to those who are bound. Sounds like a whole bunch of good stuff to me. To proclaim... The acceptable 
year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Watch this. To console those who mourn in Zion. Zion type of the church. What's those next two words? To what? To, to give them beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. Oh, pastor, my life was just an ash heap of a bunch of failure. Well, guess what? He takes that away and he gives you beauty. The oil of joy for mourning. Yeah, I've just been mourning. Just so sad. Just so sad. Well, what does he do? He takes away the mourning and gives you the oil of gladness, the oil of joy. Isn't that wonderful? The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I tell you what, that's, that's some shouting ground right there. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Has anybody ever, besides me, had the spirit of heaviness on them? Depressed? Woe is me. Oh, just don't see how you can make it through another day. Depressed, oppressed, dejected. <laughs> well, what does God do? He, give and take, he takes that spirit of heaviness away and he gives us a garment of what? Praise. Isn't that wonderful? He takes that spirit of heaviness away. I don't know anybody really that at one time or another hasn't had, had been, been bothered to some degree of, of, of a little bit of depression, you know, just down depression. And the devil, see, a lot of times, see, see, when somebody is bothered with depression, sometimes, sometimes it is chemical and sometimes a doctor can help you. Sometimes it's circumstantial. You know, you've lost a loved one and, that, and that's understandable. And sometimes it's spiritual, it's demonic, where the devil will come and hit you with what's called a spirit of heaviness. And actually, one thing I've learned about that, much I could say, but like with me, I remember years ago, it would, it would start up on me about 12.30 in the afternoon, and, 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 and once the sun started to set, it would leave. Now you see, there, chemically I was fine, you know. Nothing bad circumstance going on in my life. But about 12.30 in the afternoon, until the sun started going down, I would just, I mean, there were some times I just couldn't, didn't know how I was going to make it. It was, it was demonic. There was a devil coming, putting, putting, putting a spirit of heaviness on me. And I learned that God has taken away the spirit of heaviness, and he's given me what? A garment of praise. So when he gives you that garment of praise, you know what you do? You just start praising him. So when that depression starts rolling in, you just start praising God. Know that he's taken away the spirit of heaviness. He's given us a garment of praise. So you just start praising him and blessing him and worshiping him. And the more you do that, I tell you what, the stronger that garment will become. And bless God, that depression will just run out the door. Can you say amen? So let's assume here. Let's assume as I, as I close. Let's just assume that God did take away the blessings he gave Job. Let's just assume that God did take away the blessings he gave Job. Job said, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Well, I know the Lord gave him a whole lot. I don't believe the Lord took any of those blessings away. Yeah, but pastor, the Lord allowed the devil to take the blessings away from Job. Why did God allow that? Well, you can go and listen to my message from last week and find that out because we talked about that. So I'm not going to get into it now. But we know God gives good things and he takes bad things away, right? But let's just assume as we close this message that God gave Job those good things. Nobody's going to argue with that. 
But let's just assume that God did take all of those blessings away. Well, look at Isaiah 61.6. Instead of your shame, you shall have... Instead of your shame, you shall have what? Instead of your shame... This is Isaiah 61.7. I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? God forgives me. So do you? All right. I meant to say seven. Are you okay? Instead of your shame, you shall have what? You'll have what? You'll have double. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess what? Double. Double. Really, I'll say double. So let's just assume that God gave Job those blessings. We, we know that he did. But let's assume that God took them all away. Well, what did we just read here? For your shame, you shall have what? Double. You'll possess double. Look at Job 42.10. Go there. Job 42.10. Look at this. Most of you know it already, but in case you don't, let's go there. So let's just assume God did take all those blessings away from Job. Let's assume that God did take away. Look at Job 42.10. At the end of Job's life, the Lord, look at Job 42.10. Let's see if I got this right. And the Lord what? He what? Restored. Realize I say restored. He restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job what? Twice as much as he had before. Can you say amen? So let's just assume that God did take all those blessings away. What do we know? That in the end, he restored him and gave him double, gave him twice as much as he had before. What a God we have. Amen? Well, stand with me if you would. Praise God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? If you need to get saved, you come up here right after the service and uh, somebody will pray with you. You give your heart to Jesus, miss hell and make heaven. How many is glad you came today? Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, say thank you, Lord, that you're a giver and a taker. That you give blessing and you take away our sins. You take away our disease. You take away our lack. You take away depression. You take away oppression. And you give blessings. And you give honor. And you give glory. And even if you did take it away, in the end, we know you'd give us twice as much. So we give you all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Hey, greet a couple of people and say God's a giver and a taker, and then you're dismissed. God bless you.